Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, couch potatoes and TV junkies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here as always with my good friend, former roommate, and co-host, Rich. And tonight we will paint you a verbal picture of what we will talk about on this podcast. An abstract work of art, or maybe a traditional work of art, or maybe just a light pencil sketch. Or maybe some bathroom graffiti. Or the scariest of all, a doodle. A doodle. Yes, uh, just let that simmer and tease you as to the show that we'll be (laughs) discussing in a bit. Um, Oh, I don't think I had the other part. Yes, welcome to Picked Up, the TV Pilot Review Podcast. I knew I missed something in there. Um, Thanks for tuning in, listening to Rich and I. Here we are, um, talking about TV. Talking about getting TV. to it, man. Getting yeah, to it, man. Absolutely. What you been up to just in general? In general. Uh, yeah. Very happy to say. I think I briefly mentioned it. Um, I am transitioning between jobs. I actually mean that I actually have a job. Oh, for real? Yeah, I have a, I have a, a job uh, coming up, uh, which is awesome. Uh, so I'm not just like, oh, I'm between jobs. And it just means I have nothing going on. Right. So I'm enjoying some nice downtime, uh, which has been excellent. Cool. Um, I've been watching... Oh, I'll get to that. But uh, I've been watching a lot of TV in my downtime, and I've been enjoying this horrifically terrible, I hate it, Chicago <laughs> spring weather, which is uh, still averaging between 40 and 50 degrees every day. Oh, uh, it's supposed to be getting better soon, but um, congratulations on the, uh, the gig. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so that's fun. And yeah, just really waiting for summer to start in Chicago more yeah, than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. What about uh, what about yourself? Uh, not much, man. Just been uh, trying to get out there and uh, um, you know uh, get busy. Um, good uh, friend, uh, my buddy Bryce was in town from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. so hooked up with him and his lady, and uh, we went and saw the Improvised Shakespeare Company. Yes. Um, and that was my first time seeing them in Chicago, and they were. I mean, they were they were amazing. They were very good. Uh, yeah. That's and excellent. They have a Torco, so if you see him come by your town, definitely give him a look. Definitely. No, that's wonderful. Bryce is a friend of the show, good personal friend of yours. Mm-hmm. Another sort of um, audiophile. Yeah, he's like a word. legitimate audio engineer. Yeah, which is which is awesome. I know yeah. he's sort of given you some input and uh, some, you know, just help along the way. He's helped out with a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, uh, with what we do. So yeah, that kicks ass. Yeah. Well, a big fat picked up thank you to Bryce. Absolutely. Um, uh, so what you been watching, man? Um, I have been watching uh, a lot of my old standbys. It is very funny. I've discussed this before on the show, but I am a repeat watcher of the old favorites. Uh-huh. I'm much more likely to do that than branch out to new stuff, and I regret nothing. Um, there is Season 5 of Bob's Burgers okay. is on Netflix. And just the way that show is written is just fantastic. There's a just there they do it, and along with the other show I've been watching, Arrested Development, um, two great shows that can load in jokes and not call tremendous attention to sure. them, um, and make them all the more funny. Yeah. Um, and Bob's Burgers in a recent episode, a girl um, she's a recurrent character. This uh, this girl has a crush on Jean. Um, was talking about how she's taking a hip-hop dance class and did, like, a movement of it, like, 20 seconds of it, 
and it was just hysterical because I don't know if you've seen it, but you seen anybody post any videos of their their like their hip hop dance class or anything like that? I've seen. Yeah, I'm familiar. And it's like more power to you if you're having fun, getting fit, everything. But it's like it's very like staccato and yeah. It's like okay, and and this this animated dance of it was hilarious. It was great. <laughs> Um, so a lot of Bob's Burgers, a lot of Arrest Development. Can't get enough of that show. Love it. Um, I'm trying to think of anything new has come out. I think the number one, the top two things I need to return to are um, I need to start watching Daredevil season two, yeah. which I still haven't. Yeah. And I still have not watched Mr. Robot at all. So I need oh, to go. Dude. I know, dude. What a motherfucker I am. <laughs> that's that's definitely a show where I, like. I try and pick and choose like the shows that I, I try to push on you. Oh yeah, because I know I know how you operate and I know how what your watching habits are. Totally. But I think you'd get a lot of enjoyment out of that show and entertainment out of that show and a lot more than that out of that show. Another one, I, I would just be interested to hear your take on. Mm-hmm. I talked about it last week. Is the Carmichael show? Right, right. Um, just because that's a show that like takes, like. You know, it, it talks about like actual like issues and stuff like that and real things, but and it takes like every side possible. Like each character gets a side. That's awesome. Um, is uh, David Allen Greer on there? He is. Yeah, and he is phenomenal. Yeah, um, he's great on that. Ever like everyone's just playing so damn well on that show. That's yeah, great. Um, I can't recommend that show enough. Um, is it available? Is it on? <laughs> Hulu? It might be because it's an NBC show, so it might be on Hulu. Yeah, I think it is. So check it out. Cool. Um, I will. I will get on that. Do you yeah, know, is it, that in a second season? It's in its second season. Cool. Um, so I don't know if its second season is going to be as short as its first because the first season was like six episodes. Um, and I think it's like seven or eight right now, but there hasn't been one. I got to double check anyway. Um, but yeah, can't recommend that show enough. Um, I think you dig it as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, just been wrapping up since we last spoke. Um, Walking Dead had its season finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, introduced Negan. Yeah. Played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is like, I don't know, you know, too much about the character of Negan, except anytime anyone who's read the comics up to that point. Here's the name Negan. They're like, oh, man. Yeah. I don't even know how they're going to get away with that stuff, man. He's, you can't even do that on television, man. I don't care. Uh, the one little bit that Jeffrey, well, the end, basically, the entire third act of that episode, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was just so charismatic and just so just eye-grabbing. Cool. Um, and just captivating. So... Even if they don't do half the things they apparently can't do on TV, like I'm still going to be very interested in what this character is going to be doing. Who's the? Um, I was trying to think of the the illust- Tony Allard. Is that who draws the comic, or is that the guy who drew like the first four issues of it? I, I think yeah. Then there yeah. was like some weird awkward fallout. Yeah, and I heard. I think it was that plus just pace. Like guy couldn't keep up. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I apologies to the guy who has been drawing Walking Dead for the other. 150 issues but but on that point i see you know the the panels that i had always seen had this like cockiness and charisma of negan drawn whenever he wasn't doing something horrific yeah he was looking pretty 
like you said, those words, you know, you know, charismatic or cool or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, really important too for a character who's going to be doing horrific things to people. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I feel like we, you, go ahead. From what you know about it, and from how you like the AMC catalog, do you think you will like and or get into Preacher when it comes out? That's a great question. Um, because I haven't really seen any of like the teases or anything for it at all. Um, and I know it's being sort of like helmed, not helmed, but like executive produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Yeah. Um, I kind of don't know what to make of that either. I, it was funny. Um, I was listening to somebody talk about an interview or a conversation that we were having with somebody like in the television business mm-hmm. who's like, you know, familiar with the, the economics of running a show and how those two guys had to be like sort of like handheld mm-hmm. in like the writing of it because just as simple as something is like, well, once you, you don't have the budget of a movie. So once you like build a set, you're going to want to, you know, you can't just throw it away. Right. This is, you got to keep yeah. using that set, man. Oh, they, they, you know, given the same advice to like writing a short film, like don't have 10 locations, you know, yeah. have like two locations, mm-hmm. you know? And so it'll be interesting. I've heard good things yeah. from people who, you know, like just interviews and just buzz and stuff like that sort of behind the scenes stuff. Good things have been said. Yeah. But then again, the preacher is like another thing I really don't know that much about. Yeah. It's it's so weird. You know, just the, the records of success we've seen off of, you know, very different properties like Walking Dead, like Deadpool. And just to think that like you would think would be sure thing properties like Batman, Superman, how it's not gone well. We haven't talked about We haven't about talked it. about that. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I'd love to if you want. But it's like... Um, you know, they can almost make anything, find a home for anything today. You know, that's why yeah. it's like, I think Preacher ultimately will at least be successful to the point of like a couple seasons or something. Sure. Or it won't flop, I don't think. I think it really depends on what, whether or not like AMC owns the rights to the show. Yeah. Because that's the main reason why they still keep making Holt and Catch Fire is because like, even though the first season sucked, apparently the second season was really good. Yeah. But regardless, they own the rights to that, so they own the rights to the distribution. So yeah. they're just building a catalog. Yeah. So whether or not it's like really good or not out the gate, they'd be building a catalog. But this yeah. is much more into like the business yeah. of what TV is becoming. Um, and I haven't seen Batman vs. Superman yet, still. No worries. So, but hey. from what I understand, mm-hmm. anything that was bad about it, it wasn't Ben Affleck's fault. No, it wasn't. That's what I understand. So I am still going to take a small victory in my stance that I took several months ago in saying that I, like, my, the cornerstone of my argument in my prediction was right. Yeah. Hey, I would totally, man. But don't go see it. Just wait for it to come out. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It was, uh, Mullet and I were talking about it, and we had a great text exchange about it. It's like, I was saying one of the biggest things, my problems was how much we already saw of it in teasers and trailers and things. And Mullet was like, yeah, it was like four, it was like a 500 piece puzzle 
that you had 450 pieces of, and the other 50 pieces were just boring, like, speeches and shit. Which we talked about. Yeah. Like, oh, man, they really showed a lot. Yeah. But what if that's just the tip of the iceberg? And then Scuttlebutt came out saying, like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. not even fucking oh, don't even a worry. bit of it. And it's like, oh, no, that was, that was yeah. all of it. That was. Have you heard it? Have you heard any spoilers or anything? Not really. No. No. That's that's funny because there is there is one single thing, and it's pretty huge. But uh-huh. it's it's kind of a testament that people don't even haven't had it spoiled for them. Like, that's how little people <laughs> no give a shit. Cares to even <laughs> fucking talk about. It. Like, ah, fuck it. Do yeah. you think that they're actually gonna like go through with the full DC universe after the? I mean, it was a monetary a monetary success. But I, I really don't know. I, I hope that I think the best chances of success that they might stand would be to really give like give Ben Affleck the car keys the for Batman and find somebody who really, you know, it's going to seem really hokey, but like go like auteur with it. Like, what, give yeah. Wes Anderson Green Lantern and just let him do it. I mean, this is insane. This yeah, will right, never happen. Right, right. I know what you mean, yeah. But not, like, I don't let's know. Let's give the Duplass brothers, yeah. like, fucking, um, you know, yeah. give the next Wolverine reboot. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I, think we're, I think we've spent about the last 20 years. I think it's coming to an end. Not like a horrific end, but I'm, I really hope that we start. But just like a saturation end? We just... Nobody cares anymore. Like, yeah. I don't care. I love Batman. I don't yeah. fucking care anymore. Yeah. I mean, uh, there are still things that are going to happen, though. Batman movies are always going to make Will money. Will always be made, yes. Like, And they're always going to make money, too. Mm-hmm. And that's why they'll always be made. Yeah. But the other shit, man, like, it's going to have to take something like the third Avengers movie or even well no because that's not going to happen but like it's going to take like the third Avengers movie or Guardians of the Galaxy to make 25 million dollars that's when it's all going to end right and that's probably not going to happen for another like 15 years what about this what if should I should I put it on wax right now throw it down in an effort to actually get this revolution started I will not see any DC Universe film except for a Ben Affleck helmed Batman film. And Suicide Squad. I want to see Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> I was more so aiming at Justice League, and I would like if yeah. Justice League took a big shit and we could finally just be yeah. like, all right, can we get past this point? Yeah. Um, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Although I don't know if we talked about it on an actual podcast, but uh, the second season of Young Justice is on Netflix. Yeah, which I'm fucking super psyched and about. Did, is that like they just put it up there, or they're gonna? I just noticed it. Okay, there's been talk about them producing doing a, a another third season. season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't like looking for it. I didn't see it advertised or anything. I was just going through Netflix, and you're like, oh, and dang. yeah, I just noticed there were episodes there that I hadn't seen before. Damn. So I was very excited about that. Hell yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, like, there should just be a big 
like meeting of the the families, like a mafia style meeting of the families, yeah. where like m- you know Marvel and DC they just like work it out to where Marvel stops making like shows for network television because mm-hmm. those aren't good, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and sticks to just movies between uh, May uh-huh. and August. <laughs> yep, uh, and then. Um, and certain Netflix shows, but there has to be like a sunlight quota of, the, of those <laughs> Netflix shows. And the, then those Netflix shows are like vitamin D deficient. They're so dark for real. Yeah, those those Netflix Marvel shows have sads. Yeah, <laughs> uh, or sad or whatever it is. Um, and then DC just gets all of the CW. Yeah. Like, they just kick every show, every other show that's on the CW off of it. And they just get to have <laughs> the full whole network. Yeah, the whole thing. You know what's funny, too? Like, I was like, at this point in my, in my life, and for the previous 100 years or whatever, or 75 years, the idea of DC and Marvel merging would be like, that's blasphemous. That is ridiculous. Do you think by the time I die, like, that that might happen? That DC and Marvel will become one company. If it would have, I guess it would technically have to be fucking Time Warner or Disney, but yeah, yeah. Which, when you break it down like that, like they're nothing but assets. Yeah, and as soon as those assets don't hold as much fucking water as they they once did, right? Then yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, it's pretty insane. And not only that, but like yeah, once like the well starts like running dry and. You know, like either one just, it's not crazy because it's almost happened before. Mm-hmm. So, and that was when they were independent. Yeah. So, yeah, I can totally see that happening. And I, I could totally see it happening because of a huge investment and a huge risk not working. Yeah. Like, this is probably not going to work for DC. Yeah. Not to say that, I mean, like I said, a Batman movie is always going to make money, but. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But I, to answer your question, I, I, I could see it happening. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be crazy. Maybe it'd be a good thing for the world. Like, world peace, because comic books are cool. <laughs> Leaders will point to, to this, that merger. To this That's merger. Right. It's like, look, Let's look. If they can, why can't we? Okay, enough of that nonsense. Um... And is there anything anything set to premiere that uh, is really sort of uh, tickling your fancy? Um, the HBO lineup between Game of Thrones and Silicon Valley. Yeah. Always going to look forward to that. Not Veep for me, but Veep for everyone else. Boo. Um, Boo. And it all just kind of comes as I remember it, really. <laughs> like, yeah, I Oh, yeah, it. I haven't seen this show. Is this on? Is, um, is Ice Cube on TV? No. No. Well, there you go. I am going to see Barbershop 3, though. Yeah. Barber- the Barbershop movies are like, to me, what the Wayans Brothers movies are to you. Oh, that's great. Oh, shit. Do you remember that time at work? Like, we were talking about the Friday movies uh-huh. and the Friday like titles. Mm-hmm. And we had like a joke about that over chat. I can't remember this. I'll have to think of it. Oh, Can God. Just like... Continuing down, yeah, I cannot yeah, remember or, for the life or of some, me. or it's like actually like a modification. Of that. I don't know, but that's cool. The yeah, barbershop films. Um, 
one show I do have on my docket that I wanted to try to watch before we recorded, and it was sort of assigned to me by, by Mullet. It was a new Showtime show. It's a limited first season, I guess. It's only six episodes called Dice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it's about Andrew Dice Clay. Okay. That's all I know. There you go. So we'll see how that is. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, next time I, uh, I'm on, I'll be able to report that. Uh, as Mullet said, he's like, I don't need it to be good. I just need it to be decent. Yeah. <laughs> I just need this to be not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, um, uh, The People versus O.J. Simpson ended. Oh, yes. Um, which... Through the whole thing, top to bottom, was super solid. Um, the ending was a little unsatisfactory for me. Okay. Which it was always going to be hard to stick that landing anyway, because we all obviously know how that ended um, and like what it meant. But what I was hoping it wouldn't do is just give us the cut and paste picture and synopsis of where all these characters are now what's yeah. happened since and so on and so forth which it did okay what i was hoping it would do is give us just basically that but just flash forward and just show us not tell us yeah where these people are yeah yeah because it's interesting exactly a lot of those characters are in places that are yeah i mean yeah there were like 15 screens for like the shit that's happened to oj since like you could have fucking squeezed another episode out of yeah, that. Yeah, hell like, yeah. Like, for real. He's in prison right now. This whole show about sending tri- a trial to send him to prison and he didn't go to prison? He's in prison right He's now. He's in prison right now. Robert Kardashian's kids are the most notoriously famous people. On the planet. On the planet. Probably even ever, if you discount... The O.J. Simpsons, this particular... Well, yeah. not even, because O.J. was legitimately famous for something else. Yeah. But the Kardashians are just... They're a completely mm-hmm. new thing. Uh, Fuck them. <laughs> well, I'm not particularly mad at them or would want revenge on that, but that's a, that's a, that's a good barometer for how bad we're doing. It's like, not, not healthy. I don't know. Yeah, no, I know. Um, uh... They're also like a byproduct of so many outlets needing to just fill slots. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, I would have I would have much rather have seen all that shit. Right. Um, instead, it was just like right after the trial, and there was just like a lot of like, well, all right, well, all right. Yeah. There was like one like really good scene between Johnny Cochran and Chris Darden that was fuck just. Just nailed it. Nailed like a lot of the the undertones of how the shit still rippled out today, if it did at all. Um, what do you see this uh, doing? How does it sub submit itself Emmy wise? Because remember back when True Detective kind of sure screwed itself. Yeah. And what do you what do you see as far as predictions that you're like ah, this was fantastic? Might get a supporting not here. Might get a best. Courtney B. Vance supporting actor. Cool. Hands down, you play Johnny Cochran. Mm-hmm. Like he, he just was a fucking slugger. Now, does that have to be? Is that a category just for like miniseries and films? Yeah, or? it's gonna be weird. This would probably 
probably be an anthology series. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're probably falling to like whatever the same category American Horror Story does. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, and I'm not the first one to bring this up. Um, the uh, the Watch podcast on the the um, the Ringer podcast network talked about it. Like Courtney B. Vance's Johnny Cochran could spin itself off onto its own series. <sighs> Because, like, Johnny Cochran had, had, like, a crazy career. Yeah. Just do that. Oh, man. Like, <gasps> why not? So, that'd be dope. Um, Sarah Paulson as Marsha Clark will probably get nominated. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest Sarah Paulson fan. She has the same eyebrows as Natalie Portman, where, like, she can make them go, like, inward down. <laughs> really weird. <laughs> it's, like, opposite rock eyebrow. It's it fucking freaks me out. Oh man, I know. Exa- I've never realized that yet. The way you just described it, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking. Oh about. yeah, <laughs> and it just like it doesn't like give me the willies. It's just unsettling. It's just like oh yeah, it feels like my body is uh, just like half an inch to the left of my spirit. <laughs> it's like when you see like a clown. And instead of having, or any like stuffed animal for that matter, like instead of having like round like eyeballs, it just has like a slit. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or like that one famous cartoon, uh, clown cartoon from like the 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? I don't know if anyone else would really get nominated. Um, uh, Travolta was just a, a, a wonderful car wreck to watch. Yeah. Of, of just prosthetics and and voice um cuba was overacting like hell um and like sure go go nuts fucking swing for the i'd rather you swing for the fences than like just fucking look like you're not trying yeah um i'll never get tired of hearing david schwimmer this is the second david or well second david schwimmer reference of our night anyway Mm -hmm. i'll never get tired of david schwimmer saying juice (laughs) but he's juice no, he's uh, the juice. He's the juice. Like, no one will be ever, ever be able to say it like him. Uh, one of my finest uh, trivia, bar trivia moments was when I correctly, in it, like a group of other sports nuts, correctly figured out that it was like, this, this, uh, this uh, uh, NFL rusher led the league in 1971 mm-hmm. and 72. And I'm like, are they for real? And I was like, and I was like, and that's what I said. I was like, I think it's the juice, man. And it was like, yep, lo and behold. Because I knew he got juice. The, the juice. Heisman in 68, I yeah. think. 68. Yep. Man. Uh, and one last shout on that show. Not that he'll ever like, I don't think he'll get nominated. And he's never really going to win anything else other than a Tony. But Nathan Lane played F. Lee Bailey on the show. And he was fucking great. He was fantastic. Known, but not quite maybe critically, I don't know, just appreciated enough. Nathan Lane? Yeah. I, Nathan Lane is like... Super underrated. Taken, like, taken for granted. Like, yes. oh, I could be Nathan. It's like, no, man. No. That's like, that's that's a very on energy, and it's a very, it's a tightrope energy of, it's like, if you tried it, you'd probably be like real annoying. Right. It's like Nathan Lane just comes off as like, oh, what a what a personality. And like literally and figuratively, like a very unique voice. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, probably I'll never get like recognized uh, uh, properly in any other channel other than like Broadway circles. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, that show was fucking killing it. Heck yeah. 
That's good. You know, I um, it has been it has gotten the most um, word of mouth of a show in a long time yeah. for me. Like I've had many friends from work, social circles, just people I don't ever talk TV with talking about. And it. that show could have been even better if it was handled by anyone other than Ryan Murphy. Who is the American Horror Story guy? The who I'm not a fan of the director. Yeah, yeah. and like showrunner, and I'm not a fan of like style-wise at all. Like way too many Dutch angles, way too much fucking like just quick pans, and you know, just like over directing. Yeah, Zack Snyder. <clears throat> oh, um, goodness gracious! But but even considering that, like it was. You could if you if you know what to look for, you could watch that show and literally see the camera being restrained. Like you can see him like exercising so much restraint. Oh oh god. <laughs> but I want to make the camera spin oh, here. I want to do this. <laughs> so it, it's like yeah. when um like when Abrams is like you know, oh well, you know, how's it feel to have directed, you know, one of the most successful films ever and jump-started two franchises? Well, could use some more lens flares, you know what I mean? Uh, like, I'll always that'll be when when Abrams goes comes back in twenty years and he's like, No, I have some I have some changes I need to make. It'll <laughs> oh this will be lens flares. <laughs> that I I can't yeah. wait to see like the generation of filmmakers inspired by JJ Abrams. Yeah. Just like way too much fucking lens flare. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, well, cool, man. You want to get to... Uh... Speaking of J.J. Abrams and inspiration, he was inspired by one of the directors of a segment on a show we watched. That is very true. Uh, if you guys are new to the show, uh, or if you're not and you just love how I like to summarize things, uh, last week you would have listened to Rich's wonderful elevator pitch, which I do have to ask you about. Were you... Um, you... you uh, were you uh, sleepy or kind of wacky at the moment? It, yeah, I was. Okay, okay, I thought maybe, and of no criticism, but um, go back. Even if you are don't usually do the elevator pitches, definitely listen to Rich's one from last week because it was had <laughs> it was almost like you were singing it. <laughs> it had like a fun cadence. To that it. was also the second time I had to record it too because my computer died God on the first damn it. Oh, So man. that's why I was like maybe a little sing-songy well, through it. Well, I enjoyed it immensely, and I enjoyed. Uh, well, I didn't. I enjoyed picking this, but then I, my feelings kind of changed. Have this you week's, watched? Okay, good. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, just gonna say I keep fucking babbling. Yeah. This week's pick. Uh, from 1969, 1970, Rod Serling's uh, Night Gallery, which was my pick. Had you watched it before? Um, I had watched episodes of it. Okay. I had not watched the pilot, and I have watched a fair amount of Twilight Zone. Okay. Where did you Where did you first hear about Night Gallery from? You know, I'm glad you asked that because I want to bring up. I think the first reference I ever saw to it was one of the early Treehouses of Horror mm. uses it as the framing device. You, huh. you Simpsons aficionados can check, but somewhere within the first 10 Treehouses of Horror, Bart is basically hosting Night Gallery. Oh, wow. And that's how they introduce each of the segments. They just like use it as the device. Exactly. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So um, and it occurred to me, 
that it was on Hulu, and uh, so we had some access to it. And um, again, big fan, uh, fan of Rod Serling, fan of Twilight Zone, and I'm a big fan of anthologies. Anthologies for me are something I really enjoy. Uh, so that was my line of thinking. Cool. Yeah. How about you? Any previous exposure? No, no, not at all. Actually, I none. I had never heard of it actually until until you uh, suggested it. Right. Um. And uh, yeah. So I figured it being Rod Serling, it would be the style of like Twilight Zone or something like that, where you get. But you know, for this, you get like multiple stories and so on. Right. Um. Real quick, just like. First, you know, just get this out of the way. Difference because we watched the the original pilot, yeah. which aired in December of or November of 1969. Yeah, and then we watched the series premiere, which aired in December of 1970. Yes. Um, and aside, like the the biggest noticeable changes between the two or differences between the two, mm-hmm. whereas like the you can just tell the production value on the series premiere. Like a lot better, yeah, than the pilot. Um, but aside from that, it was only a year. Rod Serling looked great on the pilot. Looked like hell on the series premiere. Yeah, I I didn't know the time would go on. It just seemed like a rough year. Um, you know, I don't know what he, I don't know what the reasoning was, but I do know that ultimately he passed away on the operating table. Um, for something that I think was almost kind of routine and like a shame, Damn. but I do want to look up in case that maybe he was actually dealing with something, something yeah. during that time. Like it wouldn't surprise me because like it was it was a kind of a noticeable difference, or it was, or it was just the same sort of thing that happened when TVs today made the jump from standard definition to high def, mm-hmm. and some people just did not make the transition oh, with yeah. it. Yeah, totally. I mean, that is a clear-cut example. He passed away in 75, mm. so it was only about five years before okay. he did, and again, I'm not quite sure if this had to do with an illness or not. Um, I don't think so. I don't just see, like, cancer or anything, so I don't think so. Um, but ill health, maybe. So what did you have? Uh, what were some of your bigger takeaways from whichever one you want to go with? Um, bigger takeaways from, okay, from, so again, there's this idea and, you know, and this word that will pop up a lot in the credits of Twilight Zone and this show, but not something you see very much anymore is teleplay. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about, we've discussed this before, but I think that, um, maybe my overarching takeaway from watching this stuff is to understand that content and, uh, you know, the, the form that's expressed in, you know, make a huge difference. Uh, or or it, they're, they're very dependent on each other. Um, I feel like this show is like a show that was like maybe came out a few years or a decade too early. I, and that like I enjoyed it and I, li- and I think these are good stories, yeah. but I don't think they came out the wrong time. Or I think they did. I, I agree. A thought I actually had during several of these was I would love to see not just like the concept redone today. I want to see these actual stories remade. Yeah. Today. Yes. 
Um, the first one in the pilot was called The Cemetery. Yes. Uh, it was about some punk kid, found out his uncle is super rich, is dying, and he like basically speeds that process along. Yeah. Uh, and there's this... Pi- so for the pilot, the main concept is, aside from just there's this night gallery, it's like, here's a picture that's supposed to be representative of the story. No, they shoehorn these pictures into the fucking story. Yeah, they do. And... And so you're basically seeing like three stories about pictures. <laughs> well, two stories, and then one where an artist is leaving an apartment building, going like, "I'm trying to do this painting, but she's a bitch." Yeah, check this out. Yeah. Okay, and bye bye. <laughs> so, and that was Spielberg. That was the Spielberg <laughs> one because Spielberg's like, "I'm not fucking dealing with this shit." Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna this get is, this out of the way early. Yeah, this is pretty weak. I got a story to tell. <laughs> uh, but for the first one, there's like this picture on the staircase. Of, like, the house. Yeah. And the house has a cemetery by it. Yeah, kind of a macabre illustration of the surroundings. Yeah. And so the uncle dies, and they, like, bury him and stuff like that. Yes. And, like, the the nephew starts, like, seeing the picture change and shit like that. Right. Also, just a quick interjection, I believe his name Roddy McDowell. Yes. Uh, voice of Mad Hatter on Batman the Animated Series. For real. And I knew, and I was like, that's got to be him. And I looked it up, and there he was. It did. Definitely sounded familiar. Yeah. I w- wouldn't even know where to start yeah. in like looking for it, aside from like I could have just looked him up, but I yeah. didn't. Um, so we start seeing the picture change, and the picture is changing, and it's like showing a freshly like uh, dug grave, and then right. it shows the casket going in, and he like cha- turns his head, and he sees like his uncle coming out like a zombie, right. and uh, it just turns out. That it was just the um, the fucking uh, uh, the butler, Portafoy, Portafoy, uh, like you know, hired this artist to do an elaborate ruse. But like motherfucker, if I didn't want that uncle to be a motherfucking zombie, yeah, of course, that's the payoff. And I guess like we were supposed to believe that at the end because Port uh, 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 the kid, the, the the nephew, yes, like got scared to death, fell down the fucking stairs and died. Yeah. And so then, like, at the end, you, like, Portafoy sees, like, the two graves. Yeah. And then he sees the nephew coming out and coming to the door. Yeah. So I guess that's what we're, like, supposed to be led to believe. But, motherfucker, if I don't want to see a zombie. It, it, we will take that point and compare contrast to uh, the series premiere for sure. But I want to cite another one of my uh, favorite horror anthologies. Not sure I'd be able to go back and watch it now because... This is a kind of like nostalgia cliff, but there's a similar moment in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Okay. And it's an episode about the monkey's paw, you know, like the magical wishing thing mm-hmm. and that always leads to some bad repercussion. And uh, these two kids are fighting or whatever, or they're like home alone, yeah. you know, and they, but they have this monkey's paw, whatever. And then like the, one of the final wishes is, I wish grandpa were here. And so it just says it offhand. I'm like, I wish grandpa were here. And then it's like, Finger goes down. So the monkey paw is like, well, okay. And then the the older kid's like, what did you just do? And so, again, here we are with the same horror concept. There's an undead person Mm -hmm. that's coming toward the house. Um, They just shoot it through, rather than using a series of progressive paintings, they shoot it through first-person perspective. And they're cross-cutting between the kids fighting in the house Uh and slowly... So like okay, from yeah. like a cemetery, yeah, someone's moving toward the house, 
And I got to say, at least I remember it being way more effective and sure. way more suspenseful. Sure. And even still, we're not getting any sweet zombie action. Yeah. But it was still a more intriguing, kind of fun way to do it. Yeah. And um, uh, and and to to the original point I, I was I wanted to make was like they did it like it, when the nephew was like first looking at the painting I'm like right. this better not just be some fucking bullshit ruse or ploy right from Portafoy like and then it was and so I'm like ah right I wanted it, I wanted it to be real right and then like you sort of get it at the end but like not really exactly mm-hmm. not like you do in what you described right like and so um are you saying like do you just not like the the runaround that that yeah don't occurred? don't fucking jerk me off man you know i think that's another thing of you know maybe this is coming from a way more media savvy audience that's another thing too is like setting up this guy as a douchebag took like 15 minutes of him being belittling to portafoy yeah. where it's like again we're we're so media we're so story literate yeah. today it's like do it 30 seconds. I get it. He's a dickhead. You can hit like two or three beats to yeah. establish him being a dick. He's a dickhead. He's here to kill his uncle so he can get the money. That is a, to us, a a 45-second concept yeah. that you could do in maybe two minutes that they had to execute over the course of 20. Uh, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the money because um, just in the first two stories at least, like, I had a hard time pinning down exactly like what what was and what wasn't a lot of money. Yes. Wait. Yeah. Because uh, after the uncle dies, uh-huh. uh, he tells <laughs> Por- uh, the kid tells Portafoy like, "Well, you could stay here for an eighty dollars a month stipend, mm-hmm. uh, or no, like if you leave, you get eighty dollars a month." Yeah. And Portafoy just says eighty dollars a month. Like, and there's no <laughs> way, like he said it so like flatly, you can't he tell did. like. If it was a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> and like he doesn't take it, so you think, so you have to assume, like, okay, that's not a lot of money, right? But still, it was just like, what was eighty dollars in nineteen sixty nine? And then I, uh, in the uh, second story, uh, to jump ahead to that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they find some like poor schmuck who to like donate his eyes, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, uh, Joan Allen. Not Joan Allen. What's her name? Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford. Joan Allen. No. Doesn't matter. Uh, Joan <laughs> Crawford's like, yeah, we found a guy, and all it took was $9,000. I'm like, was that supposed to be a lot of money? For his fucking eyes? For his eyes? To be blind? Like, and, and, and it still would go to like establish he had some gambling debts right. in the amount of $9,000. Right, exactly. Well, you got some leverage here. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, yeah, so that was what his debt was equal to. And yeah. he was like, well, I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, you can't just... Are you willing to go to $10,000? Yeah. How about eleven? <laughs> like, why don't you... I, it, I completely agree. Yeah. And I had the exact... Especially with the $80 a month. Yeah. I immediately... Like, the only reason you know that it's probably not a lot is because he's worked for... Portafoy worked for the old uncle for, like, his whole life. So it's like, oh, you know, right. but like, you know, I was thinking is like, this is 1969. I'm like, you know, there's a month. It's like, how much is gas? It's like 20 like cents a yeah, gallon. Like <laughs> it's like, like a burger's 35 cents or something. Right. Yeah. I was like, okay. I so could probably not, get by on. That's like, a, on that. that's like yeah. a living wage. Sure. Like, okay. Like how much is rent? <laughs> like how much is rent in like the South? How much is rent in 1969? 1969. 
Shit, dude, I don't know. $40 yeah. a month, dude. Sure. It's <laughs> uh, a great point. Yeah, so it just like threw me off. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it was weird. Yeah. Um, the second story... This is Spielberg's eyes. story. This is the one that Spielberg directed, and you could tell from literally the first frame because it's this shot of this crystal in a chandelier, and you see this man walking... Like upside down. It's a really cool shot. It's a shot with like effort and thought behind it. Exactly. It's got some uh, thought into it. Like with the way the optics are and how your eyes will flip an image before they flip it again. Ooh, even more yeah. profound. It was fucking brilliant. That is. But like it just it, it just went to highlight how how poorly directed not poorly directed, but the difference between the first uh story direction. The second and then the third, especially at, at least with the between one and two. Yeah, I mean the first one is poorly directed. It, I agree, very poorly directed. The second one, that guy had a future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had that guy something did some in him. Shit. Yeah. Um, the content of that story being this sort of this old, uh, wealthy but very cruel socialite woman. Um, basically has been, she is, was born blind and she's very embittered, but she has, she has met a doctor, um, who will, is capable of transplanting, transplanting retinas in her eyes, um, successfully. Now this operation would only give her temporary sight, like about 12 12 hours. hours. And of course it would require some asshole, uh, to be blind for the rest of his life. Said asshole played by Tom Bosley. Yes, who also... A lot of star power in these. Yeah. A lot of really famous For people. For real. And famous people are like, I don't necessarily know who that guy is, but it's like, I know this guy's like a tenured actor and a famous person. Mr. Cunningham. He's Mr. C. There you go. There you go. That's who it was. Uh, I loved him. He's fantastic. He was... MVP, maybe? He's my nominee. MVP. For sure. Yeah. Uh, he was great. Um, and the story was good, too. And it was more of like a yeah. morality... like. This was more of a morality play than fucking the first one was, which was all moral, 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 moral. Right. So, so two dimensional in the first one. Yeah. It was like no good. Whereas yeah. this one had some lay, had it did it had layers, had intrigue, had uh, Joan Crawford's no slouch, and no. you know, again, as, you know, being a being a bitch, but still, it's like okay, well, I could see yeah. that's kind of a weird situation. And then the moral of it being that, like, you know, she got her eyesight for twelve hours. Uh, and she had it done during the day, so when like she would be able to see, it would be at night, and she's gonna fucking go out, and she's gonna party. Yep. She's got all her statues and paintings like lined up. And she's gonna just like fucking like look the shit out of them, and she's gonna like go out and like fucking probably go down Times Square, be like, whoa, this is too much. Yeah, um, lose your mind. Yeah. So then, of course, the irony being, she takes off the bandages. She can see for maybe like five seconds and then there's a huge blackout yeah uh which that lasts all night it does in another way that's tremendously shot in a very interesting way um a the, phenomenal sequence the yes the whole sequence is is total darkness except for or, or not it, it not total but uh, most of it is total darkness uh but she's completely like yeah, illuminated she's lit. and she is like so it's it really highlights this element of she's lost in the yeah. darkness it was again fantastic and then the bitch yeah and then uh sunrise comes up she can see 
Um, but as soon as the sun starts to come up, yeah. then her eyes start to go. Oh, it's not fair. Yeah. yeah. It was fucking good, dude. That one was legit good. Yeah, it was. Um, and I have no qualms about that at all. Yeah. The third one, however, was fucking dog shit. Yeah. I got like pretty pumped for it when Serling announced it or like, you know, introduced it as like, you know, uh, uh, an escape Nazi in, in South America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, all right, we're getting some fucking World War II shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to do it, man. This is going to be some cool shit. And it's going to be in South America. Let's go. Let's go. And I fucking was in and out of slumber during it. Same here. That's the one I have the least recollection of. And yeah. it's like, I was really hoping that this would be the case because I didn't want you to come out and be like, without a doubt, the finest. Because I was going to have to be like, okay, I didn't really remember No, it. <laughs> no. Same boat. Like, gotcha. It was just uninteresting. You couldn't understand anybody. Like, the accents were way too heavy. Yeah. Um, he, like, uh, met this, I guess, I guess he was supposed to be a Holocaust survivor, mm-hmm. like, three different times that, like, they notice that they recognize. Yeah. Um, and he's, like, also trying to dodge these. The Mossad, I think, is what's called. It's like the. You know that's a real thing, though. No, right? what's that? The the Israeli Nazi hunters. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a very real thing. Well, that's a much more interesting story. It is, and you know, I don't really know if that's ever really been engaged at the end of like, well, in the in the in Munich, yeah, uh, the film Spielberg from they kind of reflect on that, but never like directly addressing the the Nazi hunting in the fifties and sixties. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a fucking. Oh hell yeah. There's some stories to tell there, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he gets chased by them into like this fancy art museum. Right. Uh, and then becomes like engrossed in these like this one picture and he wants to be taken away to it and yeah. some weird segments and it just didn't fucking work. And then, then he ends up like he he killed the Holocaust survivor. Yeah, like Which was like him? not a good fucking like look. Like you had a chance to <laughs> Like, have hey, some redemption buddy. in your story yeah, or something. Really. <laughs> buddy, come on. Yeah. Like, or at least just, like, you know, rough him up and just, like, you know, like, fight him. Like, yeah. you don't have to fucking kill him. Like, we get he's a Nazi. He's already a bad guy. Like, yeah, he's an old defenseless man. It was, like, it was already a bummer. Yeah. It's not a fun segment. No, it was not good either. And the The ending is he gets trapped in a different He gets different transported, pain. yeah, into a different painting. Yeah, and he's, oh. So, okay, summary of the pilot. Where he's like being crucified or something. Right. So summary of the pilot, it, it was like an hour and 40 minutes. It was three different tales, only one of which was really that good. Um, and definitely hampered by this idea of the paintings, which the series would eventually transcend. Uh, and so I take it you watch this first and then the series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, having watched that, just overall, like, that was all right. That was really painful. That was like, how'd you feel? No, well, if anything, the the second segment showed that it had potential. The concept did. Yeah. Um, You know, and it needed some tweaks, yeah. which like the notes and tweaks that I would have given it, I feel like it made... Yeah. You know, they were shorter and they didn't try to make a painting in every single episode. Right. And then when they and when they started making some promises of what they were going to do, particularly in segment 1 
of the series premiere, they had the decency to be like, all right, we'll, we'll give you the payoff. Yeah, we're just going to, all right, we're going to go for it. Yeah. So the um, the series premiere uh, looked a lot slicker. Looked yeah, great. Totally. Um, and the first segment, I'm uh, I'm getting mixed up. That was the one about the the body or the dead men. The- oh yeah, with the two doctors. Yeah. yeah, the dead man. Yes. That was. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. I dug it. It was a cool concept. It was a cool idea that, like, I think that may have been the, the one that made me, like, realize, like, I would, those two, actually, in the first series premiere, I want to see those remade, like, today. Yes. You know, in fact, um, that, the episode, shoot, what was it called? I want to find it, only because um, the dead the the dead man or whatever. Yeah, it's I'm called. pretty sure it was yeah, it was the dead man. That is based off of a particular short story. Short story, yeah. And it is very good, and you can see the value in that story. Particularly, it has a very weird. So so the premise is again, these doctors are kind of experimenting with these ideas of of hypnosis to sort of induce bodily states and yeah. to bring a body into illness and back out. And um, you're introduced to this doctor who's leading this project. And his sort of his prime specimen, who's this you know this strapping young man, and then how is the woman tied in? That is the biggest fucking like just caveat. Go with it. I think it's like the the lead doctor's wife. It's the lead doctor's wife, but who, he's like letting her fuck the the other, or dude. at least like fawn over him yeah. or whatever. He's like sharing his um, wife because <laughs> basically because she's what keeps. Him. The, the kid there who like his deal is he's got like hypochondria to like the max. Yeah. Cause his thing is if he thinks he has something, he then manifests it. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, I think I have something because I have something. Um, actually like wills it. Yeah. He wills body. it into existence. Yeah. Anything, anything. Yeah. But yeah, so his, he's letting, they, they must be fucking, they just weren't gonna say it on TV. Yeah, he's. They definitely are. Like he's and it, and the other, the the fourth character, the doctor, who sort of walks into the situation at the invite of the other doctor. Is kind of like, yo, it's like, what are you, what are you doing? And yeah. then, like you said, like he says that that's his justification for keeping uh, the experimental guy here because that kid has like money and he could be off right. fucking all sorts yeah. of broads. The dead man, uh, based on the short story by Fritz. Liber, um, and yes. Yeah, so the story, I, I know I've either read this before or seen another adaptation of it, but kind of like the real, these stories either have like a morality play or they have like a money shot. And like... <laughs> That's a great way to put it though. Yeah, you're, you're either, you have, clearly have a lesson and an agenda or you just have like, there's a lot of setup for this situation, which is, in the dead man, it is um, he is inadvertently, or or maybe not inadvertently, subconsciously. Subconsciously, this 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 hunky dude um, goes into a state of death, and yeah. this doctor, lead doctor, is like, "Don't worry, we'll bring him out of it." I got this. No worries, dog. And he can't do it, so he's effectively um, killed this this guy, you know. And his wife is distraught, and he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you did this!" And you know, they try everything to bring him back. 
Cut to... And then he's like, hey, uh, doctor, friend of mine. Yeah. Here are all the tapes. Yeah. Tell me if I fucked up. Did I miss something? (laughs) Yeah. Tell me if I, like, did this on purpose and didn't even realize. Mm -hmm. And then he comes back. He's like, you did this on purpose and Mm -hmm. didn't even realize. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. Because you went, like, when you should have gone... And, like, of course, the wife's right outside. Uh And this is also, like, six months later. Yeah. So So they've done had the funeral. They done had the funeral. He done been dead a while. He done been dead? He been in a crypt. Yeah. And now that... For a second, I was just like, how the fuck's this kid getting a mausoleum and shit? But then I remembered that he's like, hey, he's got money. So I'm like, okay. So... And it saves you from having to, like, digging him up. Right. So this whole really contrived kind of concept and premise leads to this really cool moment of hysterical wife running to the crypt going to revive her lover who's been dead for six months and thanks to her new you know shave and a haircut she's she's able to do it and um and it leads to a a very terrific payoff shot of okay well, you are going to bring him back. Just remember, he's been dead for six months. Mm-hmm. Money shot. It, it was, yeah, it was, it, it delivered. Yeah. That's all I was, that's all I asked for. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Uh, probably my favorite, uh, my favorite of the, acknowledging the Spielberg thing is kind of something separate. That was probably my favorite of, sure. of all of them. It was probably the most, uh, like, yeah, like satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Successful, like, what it's setting out to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so the next one, uh, I don't remember the name of it. The Housekeeper. The Housekeeper. The Housekeeper. Um, starring Larry Hagman, mm-hmm. uh, otherwise known as JR from Dallas. Motherfucker. <laughs> that was the other one. I was like, where is this guy from? Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, and that one I got excited about from the get, right? Because like in the 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 setup, Rod Serling he like reveals the picture, and there's like some fucking demons in it, and he's talking about black magic, and I'm like, here we go, nice, yeah. Um, and there's like this Nanny McPhee looking bitch, and and so like, oh man, I don't know, I like. I dug it because it was this one was weird. Yes, and that's what I liked about this one. It was just, it was like we're gonna be fucking weirdsville. Let's go. Yes, this one felt more like a um, like a, a, an Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, and I I did in and even this is even where like execution I think was kind of still pretty weak, like limitations and everything. But the weirdness behind it, the idea behind yeah. it, is another perfect for. Let's see this one again. Yeah, absolutely. Today. Absolutely. Because there were certain parts of this where it involved like body switching. Yes. Um, And the effect that they used was just like this weird, like inverting color effect, which like I'm sure in 1970 would have been like, whoa, look at that. It's like if screensavers from the 90s existed in the 70s, it would be that. Yeah. Um, but like today, I think that shit would hold up just as well. Um, yeah. Cause concept again, like you said, and just a real quick abbreviation, this one, basically another mad scientist, mm-hmm. weird dude, 
um, seeks out a really kind. He needs a real kind-hearted pastor, just someone who's just you know, oh, a nice person, and and it doesn't matter if they're old or ugly or mm-hmm. fat or whatever, because he has a smoking hot wife who's a bitch, and so what he wants to do is put this kind old person's soul and mind into uh, his smoking wife's body. Who is also loaded. Yes, yes, that's right, and super rich as well. Um, so, and again, this is a story, too, that, you know, especially if you ever want to, you know, discuss, like, the gender implications of, of not just, like, switching bodies and stuff and and bodies as, like, old and new and objects, but also, like, there's some really uncomfortable moments of him, like, Hey, great! You swapped into my hot wife's body. I want to rape you now. Yeah, that's another amazing thing. Is if you were to redo this today, you could like say a lot more that by on purpose than what they were saying. Then. Exactly, intentionally, intentionally yeah. getting some subtext out of this story rather than just sort of like awkwardly muddling through it. Yeah. Uh, and I thought she was great too, uh, the lady who played the wife. Yeah. Um, because she had to basically play two different people. Yeah. Um, she was great. Yeah. Um, I, I feel bad because I don't have her name right now, but she was fantastic. Yeah. Um, probably for the, the series premiere, probably my MVP as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. For the series premiere. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I think so. I think, uh, I think that. Oh yeah, totally. I agree for both uh, the the pilot for that MVP and for the series premiere. Cool. Because again, that's a pretty difficult, uh, not difficult, she but just that's a dichotomy. Some, yeah, you know? you show a, some range and shit. Definitely. Um. So yeah, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, there was a lot that between series premiere, wholly more effective than the pilot. Yeah. Um, and I think the format lent itself for us to be able to like pick and choose things that we liked and didn't like. Um, So to just kind of get down to it as a, as a studio executive, I would pick it up on the notes that I would give it and it made them. So I feel really smart. Yeah. You'd feel like a success. Yeah. You've just found the next twilight zone. It ended up running for what? Three years. Yeah. Yeah. So not the next Twilight Zone, but hey, you know. But it's not a good little run yeah. and but had also a lot of talented people on it. Yes, it did. A lot of stars, a lot of stuff. You know, I think, too, um, I was trying to fact check. I know that Rod Serling wrote all of the pilot. Yes, he did. And I don't believe he wrote either of the stories of the series. Really, no. You know, so I think it's kind of another thing of like, shit, how many stories has this guy written at this point? It's like, yeah. hey, guys, I'm kind of running out of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And even then, like... They're still At pretty that good. that point, one out of three. Game bad. Hey, all right. That's like a Hall of Famer percentage, you know. So, um, but yeah, and then definitely pick up the series. And I could totally see going back and watching, like, and picking and choosing to see if there's, like, any interesting performances or anyone I want to see. Yeah. Something like that. I could totally see that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, it was my pick, you know. I just, I was, uh, I was surprised. It's sort of, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think we just got to it. It's a it's a time where culturally and technologically and industry wise, like it's very ambitious, and I don't know how well it succeeds. Like you said, though, given the improvement from pilot to series, I would feel good about yeah. picking it up. Um, 
but I, I do want to I do want to put a you know a cautionary sort of label on it, and maybe this is more my mistake was that like I do really like the Twilight Zone, and I think that because we were in the atomic age mm -hmm. and it was black and white, mm -hmm. and you couldn't really do a ton of effects, so it's almost all story. Like it's going on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. Whereas like again, this is not that. This is in a a weird age where it's like with the technical growing pains of where it's at and less of a, you know, less of a good brand than I thought yeah. it was going to be. I would definitely recommend if you're, you know, a cinephile as it were, seek out eyes just to see that like early, uh, early Shakespeare, early Spielberg. <laughs> um, yeah, do it, do it to make sure you uh, complete the catalog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I watched Duel. Yeah, fucking anyone can watch Duel. Go watch Eyes. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, yeah. If, given the the uh, luxury of time and space, time and space. Um, yeah, before picking it up as a pilot, I would I would say make three seasons. We're not going to put them on the air. What we're going to do is in forty years we're going to watch them again and then we're going to remake these. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will take all these ideas. Thank you, and then I will do them. When uh, budgets yeah. and and uh, reliable directors are able to make them, and God, now would be such the fucking perfect time to do it too, because there's so many, so much talent in like TV directing, mm -hmm. and and TV on screen talent, and like I know Black Mirror is a thing, and I know that's like sort of an anthology series in the same vein as Twilight Zone in this, but like, like. You know, this is already done. Yeah. Half the work's already done for you. Half the work's already done. And it'll done. also be really cool and interesting, and nobody knows half the work's done for you. Yeah. Also, you know, I think maybe my favorite, I think, point that was made today was just that, that you know, segment two of the series pilot, it's just weird. It's a weird story. And that's, yeah. we feel like, well, is this a good story or a bad story? Or who's the hero in this yeah. story? You know, it's like we, we're sort of falling into these... You know, it's like, oh, it's always got to be worked out. We just have a weird ass story, you know. It's like, um, you know, there was a Twilight Zone where, spoiler alert, it's it's pretty much silent for the entire episode, and it's this old woman uh, in like a barn or a farmhouse, and she's like fighting tiny aliens, and the twist at the end is that the aliens are Americans who landed on like a planet of giants, like colonial giants or whatever. <laughs> but it's just it just weird. And it's like, just yeah. check it out. It's like three blind mice with, with aliens and one giant grandma. And just get weird with it, because that's fun. Get weird. And, or give me a money shot. Yeah. Um, another thing from, from Eyes, one last thing. Tom Bosley's character. They offer zero resolution on his character. The most they do is they intimate that he's just straight up gonna kill himself. Exactly. Right? He's gonna pay off. Why are you gonna pay off your debt if you're just gonna kill yourself? You could just kill yourself. Yeah. He laid out his whole plan. He was like, or just not pay the debt and get killed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my eyes away, pay off my debt. In a day, I'll regret it, and then in like another day, I'll just slit my throat. But again, he played it like so well too, like such a sap. Ah, goddamn. But yeah, it was <laughs> they offered zero follow up on him. Yeah. So that was yeah. just weird. Yeah. Probably had to get cut for time. Yeah. 
So anyways, yeah, that about does it for this week's show. Uh, interesting. Do you know what we're going to be following up with uh, next week? Are we doing a random? I think it might be random. Random yeah. pick next week. Be sure to tune in uh, for Rich's Elevator pick, uh, as always, for some discussion and also the reveal of what that show will be when that comes out. Um, yeah, thanks so much for listening, you guys. You know, uh, good show, bad show, whatever the case we love doing this, and we it's possible because uh, you guys are out there. So thank you so much, and just know that there's always a variety of ways you can get in touch with us, uh, whether you just want to provide feedback or if you want to suggest a show uh, for a future episode. Um, if you want to, there's kind of a process you need to go through. Uh, Rich, would you like to tell us what that is? Yo, just leave it up on our Facebook po- on our Facebook wall, picked up podcast on Facebook, and then leave us a review. That shit goes miles. And other people finding the show. Yeah, it's really um, helpful. You know, so whether or not you want us to watch a different show or not, just leave us a review. Um, it really, really goes a long way. Even if it's a rating or a review, man, just, you know, it takes two seconds. Just do We're it. Much appreciated on iTunes. It's a huge help. Um, and as Rich said, there's, you know, you can find us on Facebook by searching Picked Up Podcast. You can send us an email if you ever need to, pickeduppodcast at gmail.com. And one of our real fun uh, avenues, you can tweet it at us with, the handle at picked up pod um yeah in addition to that please check out the entire arcade audio network at arcadeaudio.net. um new shows are coming out all the time kick-ass shows that already exist are coming out with new episodes be there be square yo for oh real though for real though <laughs> <laughs> i almost capped that off with a hilariously inappropriate but appropriate word which I will never say on the air. <laughs> no. Uh, it felt right. <laughs> it felt right, but I know it's not. The sentiment remains the same. Yeah. Uh, that's where you want to be. Uh, so, yeah. Um, also, uh, if you tweet a compliment to Robert, uh, he'll shotgun a beer for you. Four. You for you, I will do it. It's got to be about myself or Richard or the podcast or all three. It's all three. Yeah, and I'll, I'll throw this out there: if you leave a review, I'll shotgun a beer. Hell yeah! If you leave a review, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> Would I? Okay, so this is separate. You can't like. It's like a coupon at a store. Like I only take one coupon at a time. <laughs> Not valid with other offers. You can't double coops. You can't double coops, but I'll shotgun two beers if you leave a review. Okay. So Rich will do one, and I will do two. Oh, shit. That's going to be a lot. Yeah, you didn't have to do that. No, but I want to. I really want these reviews. I really want these beers. Yeah, there we go. There we go. You ever shotgun a tall boy? Man. I have not. You have not? No. I got I don't know why I got offended that you haven't. (laughs) Disdain. (laughs) Fuck. Sir, leave now. Please go. <laughs> but yeah, also um, there's personal personal avenues you can always get in touch with us. You can tweet me at rbravo, rbravo. You can find me on Instagram at real.robbravo. And you can find me on Snappy Chat at robpbr. Yo, 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 hit me up on, on Twitter, Rich Cammy. Instagram, Rich Cammy 4 Yo, that's Snapchat. I'm probably not going to be snapping for a while because my front-facing camera like is shot. Oh, yeah. So don't even worry about that. Garlic, not 44. Nice. 
Have you ever gone by the uncanny rich cami? I think we need to start working uncanny. Never, never even, never crossed, never crossed my mind. The uncanny cami. All right, I'm losing it. But thanks so much for listening, y'all. For myself, Robert, for Richard, as always, thanks so much for tuning in to Picked Up. Keep your dial tuned to awesome. This has been a Podswoggle Network production. Visit podswoggle.com for more of that sweet, sweet entertainment.